The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! This is Cowboys Storylines with Nick Eatman. What is up? It is Cowboys Storyline. I am Nick Eatman. It is Monday, November the 6th, and we're going to talk about the Cowboys and Eagles. It was it was a game. It was definitely a game. Uh, I'd like to say it was a great game. I'm sure if, you, if you're a fan of n- neither team, uh, this was good football. Obviously, if you're an Eagle fan, you you like it, but you're not listening to this show probably. But then the Cowboy fans, it's a tough one. Tough loss. 28 to 23, had chances, had plenty of chances to win the game. And honestly, it's it's been, what, 12 hours or so since the game was over, and I still don't have a great grasp of, of what I'm thinking about this. Um, it sucks to, to be that close and lose the game. Uh, I don't think they were better than the Eagles um, overall, but they, they, you know, they're right there. But then again, they were right there in the fourth quarter like four times, and that, that wasn't good enough. Um, but I have a, you know, I have a weird feeling about this team, though. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think the Cowboys are, um, they're in good shape. I'll just leave it at that. I don't have a lot of great answers for it because I'm kind of gone back and forth, but I guarantee you guys have some things to say. So we're going to make sure we go to the calls quickly here. 888-855-2297. want to hear what you're thinking about this one um, and where what it means for the Cowboys and for the Eagles. So let's start us off here. Dylan in Northport, Florida, you've been kind of the, the leadoff hitter here for the last few shows. You're starting off. Hey. Hey man, I hope you're doing good. I, I didn't get much sleep last night. It was uh, a little rough. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. And and uh, all the tossing and turning kind of had an epiphany about the team. Um, I feel better about them now than I did going into the game. <laughs> and honestly, yep. it's weird, right? Not, but honestly, not weird. Um, not weird. I, I said the exact same thing on the radio show I did 30 minutes ago. I feel better at them <laughs> at five and three than I did at five and two. Well, nothing Philly did really impressed me. I know you said you, you thought they were the better team, but I mean, outside of the one play that Hurts made, uh, that throw against Bland, uh, yeah. it was really good coverage. Outside of that, it was just, you know, kind of meticulous. There wasn't any big plays. There wasn't anything crazy. Um, you know, there were some penalties and stuff. And it was the kind of game where just everything kind of went against the Cowboys. And typically in those kind of games, Dallas gets blown out like San Francisco, right? Like the right. Eagles had three fumbles. It's like physics and gravity or Eagles fans, right? Like they just bounce right back to the Eagles players. Uh, you had, you know, officiating yeah. can argue was, was rough. Um, but the Cowboys, they still, they clawed their way back in. They fought. And uh, let me just say this real quick about Jake Ferguson too. The dude is starting to play like a real number one tight end. And if you go back and watch that fourth down play to Tolbert, Dude has the cleanest release off the line of scrimmage I've ever seen. Guy was wide open, probably scores a touchdown. So it's a shame he didn't get the ball there. But yeah, man, I feel good about this team. You know, it, it sucks that we lost, but uh, I feel good going forward. And hopefully, this offense keeps cooking. Yeah, yeah. All right, thanks, thanks for the call and uh, uh, like the mindset there. Um, I, I feel the same way. I, I feel the same way about the the fact that um, it, the the disappointing part is is that beating the Eagles now in the NFC East is going to be a challenge. I mean, that's it, it's it's an uphill battle at this point. They're eight and one. You're five and three. Um, but I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it again. I firmly believe this. This team's five and three. I'll be surprised if they're not ten and three. I 
I, I really think they're going to win five in a row. I, I they they the schedule lines up for them to go and 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 take it here for these next what f- four or five games, and that includes Philly. That includes another game with Philly at home. I I, I believe that they they will uh, win that game. As I'm, I'm looking at some of the highlights here and in, in, in the fourth quarter and and that, that that fumble where they just three guys run into each other, and I'm like, there's no way that they'll be that lucky. There's no way that they're going to have a penalty here. I mean, a fumble here and give you the football. That's just not going to happen. There's no way. And it didn't because uh, they got it back. All right, Michael in Bowling Green, Kentucky. You're next. Michael, what's up? Everybody relax. The, he, what you were just saying, the Eagles are not worthy to win the NFC East. The Cowboys are. The Cowboys' next four games, they're playing – they're playing the Giants with their fourth-string quarterback. They're playing the uh, Panthers, who I don't even know if they won a game. They're they playing one. the Commanders. And then they're playing the Eagles in Big D. So, Or, no, they're playing Seattle. Then they get the Eagles in Big D. And then the Eagles have, well, they got the Chiefs, they got the Bills, and they've got, uh, their, uh, what's the last game they got after before Dallas? It's another hard one. I don't know. So, yeah, I, I don't. I'm not worried about anything. I, yeah, uh, I don't think they'll. I'll be surprised if they catch the Eagles in the NFC East. But I mean, I mean, they the Eagles have three tough games. But they're good before though. They play the Cowboys. So I mean, yeah. but they're gonna they're gonna win two of them. Three. I don't think they'll beat the Chiefs. So I mean, the Bills looked decent last night. But uh, yeah, it, it, it don't matter. It, it doesn't. It doesn't really matter. I mean, all the Cowboys can do is is is, is play me. Here's the deal, though. This is this. I think I think the Eagles. I mean, they're two and a half games ahead. They'll be two games ahead on Sunday. Dallas will beat the Giants. Um, um, but I, I think that you know I, when I look at this, like okay, so the Eagles win the division. They they they, they might. If that's the best team in football, then. I'll take my chances with the Cowboys going up there in, in January because that was playoff atmosphere. It's not going to get any different than that. That's what it was. You go up there, you play. I mean, if, if that's where you are, that's the measuring stick. I think the Cowboys can go and and and, and beat them again. So, or beat them. I'm, I'm the sorry, Cowboys not beat them are again. Catch them. The Cowboys that's are going to catch the Eagles. Okay, and and they might, and they might. What I'm saying is, is I don't know if it matters. I mean, like, no, you're right. You're right. Like it might matter. I, it might not. I mean, I that that's that's pretty uphill battle right at this point. That's why that game was so tough. But I'm not I'm not worried about it. You, stranger things have happened. We appreciate the call, uh, Michael. Thank you so much. But I mean, stranger things can happen. You're right. The the, the Cowboys schedule is going to be pr- this is pretty favorable right now, and it's not the same for the Eagles. And the Eagles are beat up too now that they get the bye week. Of course, another another break for them. They they get the bye week. But I mean, the Cowboys were very it was, you know they stood in there. From a physical standpoint, with them, um, you know they they had they had chances to win. That's just that's just, that's what you want. You want to give your chance, you give your team a, a chance to win, and um, and they did. But it was they came up just a little short. All right, Arthur in Spring, Texas, you're next. Good morning, Nick. How Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, you know, I've been a Cowboy fan since the early '60s. So, you know, these roller coaster rides. Mm-hmm. <laughs> are nothing new to me. That's, sure. that's just a couple of things I want to address. Okay. Um, to me, the game what what the game that happened last night proved to me that we're still contenders. Mm-hmm. Uh, we what 
from a run game perspective, I don't know how Mike, Mike McCarthy is going to figure it out. But um, Tony is, is a 20-yard 20, 20 to 20-yard 20 man. He's good between the 20s. We, we are going to have to invest at some point in time a power runner who can command respect in the red zone. That's one aspect. The other, the other thing is, is that Terrence, from the from what I watched of the game, Terrence Steele was just getting run past. He was getting blown through. The Otage was getting getting manhandled as well. So I don't know how how well or how deep people think we can make it for the playoff if we still haven't fixed this particular problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, you know the thing about Terrence Steele. I mean, obviously, still. I mean, this is this is his first year back from that ACL injury. Um, I, I'm not as worried about him long term. I, I I don't. I think mentally he's very strong too, and he'll be fine. Um, but you know, the, I I think you're. I agree with you on Tony Pollard. I, I think that they need a little bit different uh, running game there uh, around the goal line and. You know, I feel like we they did that on a couple of plays with, with Rico Daddle in there, taking Pollard out, putting Rico in uh, inside the 10. Uh, I'm not sure if that's that's every time that they get in there, but just because Pollard had run it a couple times and then they, they switched up the personnel. So they're not afraid to go with Rico Daddle, but that's not really the back you're looking at anyways. I mean, that that's not... That's not what you have in mind. I mean, you, you know, he's he's a good running back, you know, but he's not he's not doesn't bring a ton more power than 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 Pollard and doesn't have the same quickness. So, um, but but I, you're you're right though. The, the in, in between the twenties, they're just not running the football in there, and and, and not even in the twenties too. There's a lot of fourth and ones they got. They got some fourth down plays. They threw some to Ferguson in the shotgun. I mean, like they they are not just just trying to pound the ball in there. Not with a running back, maybe with Dak, and that didn't really work out well either. I mean, they got the first down call. I'm not sure he crossed the line, but they gave it to him. And um, anyways, uh, that that was a that was big. That that was certainly big for them to not be able to run the ball all the time. They still. You know, went right, went up and down the field passing the ball. Uh, but I think I, we all know when it gets, especially colder weather games, you're going to have to be able to run the football a little bit more. So, all right, let's go to Tim and Grapevine. Tim, you're next. Tim. All right. All right. I don't hear Tim there from oh, Tim hey. and Grapevine. Let's go, Tim. Hey, hey. You know, Surprisingly, I'm optimistic. You know, I, I, I called last week and I said I thought the key to the game would be stop the run game, mm-hmm. slow down or contain A.J. Brown. And the Cowboys did that. I mean, the Cowboys were the better team yesterday. I, I think most people who are objective would, would agree with that. We were the better team. We didn't make enough plays. The ball didn't bounce our way. Literally did bounce our way three times. I mean, how's that happen? So, I mean, I, I really think we were the better team, which gives me optimism for this season that we can possibly get hot, but it looks like we're going to have to probably go through both San Francisco and the Eagles instead of just one of them in the playoffs, which that, that's what makes it tough in the end. But that's, that's, that's so far out. I don't even want to think about that. Yeah. What I, what I want to quickly talk about 
and then maybe get your thoughts. And you've been in the business for so long now. So McCarthy has improved as a play caller. I mean, the team, the offense, it's day and night compared to a month ago. It looks good. We're moving the ball. Red zone, still kind of an issue. But yes. we lost that game last night because we weren't disciplined. We kicked the ball off out of bounds. They start at the 40. We get an unsportsmanlike on the kickoff with Rashad Owens, I believe, hands to the face, ripping off a helmet. They take the ball to 40, right? Pre-snap penalties, neutral zone. I mean, we, we I think on three of the Eagles' touchdown drives, we had a penalty to extend the drive. You can't win in the NFL like that against good teams. You're just not going to do it. So, so, I mean, what, what, what is it? Well, hold on, experience? hold on. Hold on, Tim. Before you ask that question, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it back at you cause from the first thing you said because I don't agree with. So why are the Cowboys a better team? I mean, they, because the Eagles didn't do all that. I mean, the Eagles not not making stupid plays like that. I mean, that that that's part of it. They, they, you add it all together. That's why I don't think the Cowboys were the better team. I think they were close. I think they had a chance to win. I think they they could have stolen it at the end. But I don't think they were the better team because better teams don't do those penalties that you're talking about. So I, I think you kind of. So, that's my opinion. It, no, no, I, I agree. So he, here's why I think they're the better team. It's not just the eyeball test. Mm-hmm. And I agree. The Eagles were the cleaner team, the, the more uh, disciplined team. That's why they won. But the data shows that the Cowboys had seven drives in which they got in scoring position compared to the Eagles' four. Right? Yeah. That's, that, that's the issue right there. I, I think we moved the ball down the field. We got key stops when we needed to. But at the end of the day, we shot ourselves in the foot. Yeah. Whether it's giving up the sacks. The holding on on Schoonmaker, I mean, you name it. It just seems like we we kept playing against ourselves and the Eagles. And so I was just wondering, like, in your experience being close to the team for so long, mm. I mean, what is it that makes, you know, one team disciplined like the Parcells, you know, 2004 team or whatever versus this team? I mean, how do you fix discipline <laughs> issues and penalties? I know. it's that's That's something that – you know, coaches for years have been trying to figure out. Um, thanks, thanks, Tim, for the call. And, and I'll, I'll say this to you. Um, you know, I said that, like, well, you don't see the Eagles doing that. I, I looked it up. The Eagles actually had 10, 10 penalties also. 10, 10 for 83 were the Cowboys. The Eagles were 10 for 98. Um, those 10 for 83, and that, you know, I don't – I wonder when you're, when you're doing penalty yards – do they give you a 15-yard penalty? I don't know if they do that. I don't know if they put in a 15-yard penalty on an out-of-bounds kickoff, um, which gives you – I mean, they put the ball to 40. That's 15 yards more. But I don't know if they count it as a 15-yard penalty, but it's big. It's very significant. Um, coaching penalties. I mean, that that's one where you have theories for years and years upon how do you do that. And it used to be, you know, fear – would be a part of it. That's that's you know the Parcells had that kind of you know that was that was that type of coach. You know you, you you cut these players, make Jimmy Johnson same way. You make them accountable. It's not always the the way anymore. Um, you know with contract situations the way they are, you don't you don't really have that same type of fear for just you know cutting players. Or, you know you cut the players that that were probably going to get cut anyways. But the, the, this team. The, I mean, McCarthy has been saying it over and over, pre-snap penalties, pre-snap penalties, and here they are, you know, and, and it's the it's the same same issue. And he's the play caller. He's the head coach. So 
you know, when you think about it, you're cutting down, what, three to four or five seconds of communication there. I mean, the offensive coordinator doesn't need to ask the head coach about, are we going for it on fourth down here? Is this going to be a three-down territory, four-down territory? Because it's the same guy. So that that's, should help with some of the operation of that. And so I think you're seeing the play calling has been better for the most part. You know, and 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 they're they're doing a nice job, but but they are they still have some some miscommunication issues for sure. All right, Al in Merkel, Texas is next. Al, hey, I was calling to let you know that I made that prediction on Friday, and obviously I was wrong. <laughs> but right. um, most people um, were. Uh, nobody well, nobody uh, called in here and said the Eagles were going to win. I mean, no, nobody did that. So well, they they <laughs> they better not. Um, <laughs> Uh, a couple of points right quick. Uh, you know, you just made the comment about uh, the penalties and the yardage were equal. Well, if you go back and look, they weren't equal until that last the pass interference that covered about 30 yards penalty for the Eagles. Sure. There was a big disparity. And, I mean, you know, complaining about penalties sounds like sour grapes. But, man, let's face it. I mean, it's comical when you got the right tackle jumping about a millisecond before the snap on every damn play. And then you get called for the same thing on the guard down there at the goal line. And then you get holding on that yeah. running play. And then you see the somebody put it on uh, on uh, X that uh, the Philadelphia player made the same play just the next series. Right. And then that, that bogus pass interference, uh, that's all right, though. Uh, the NFL is a strange lady. And uh, <laughs> I do disagree with you on one point, and that's very rare for me to disagree with you. But um, – I don't know what's going to happen with the Eagles because I know when the 49ers uh, spanked us, everybody thought, well, they're going to go on and they're going to be dominant. And they've lost three straight. And I think the only reason they didn't lose four straight was because they didn't play last week. week. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting. I did say that the Cowboys would expose the Eagles, and I still do believe that they sort of did show some things that uh, other teams can uh, do. Because, you know, this team, this league is a copycat league. Yeah. What are those things? What are those things? What are those things that that they exposed them? You think from um, like their secondary, passing. yeah, passing. I mean, Ceedee Lamb had an awesome day. He probably would have won the game uh, if you know if uh, Dak would have. You know, I, I don't know how they call the plays. I don't know if it was a misread. I don't know if that play was supposed to go to uh, Tolbert there at the end. I mean, I'm not smart enough, and I don't want to be smart enough to understand that. But mm-hmm. I mean, I believe that the passing game was exposed a little bit from Philadelphia. And um, just uh, yeah, you know, one thing that was exposed was uh, the knee. They they had uh, covered it up, but when uh, what's his name, the Marcus hit it. I mean, he, he's hurting more than what they say. So yeah, and he's not going to be able to run as much as they can. So I mean, they're going to be able to put more pressure, I believe, on the quarterback and, and not let him have escape. So it's going to be interesting. It's yeah. uh, it's going to be. I think. Uh, the la- December is going to be really interesting, and I think that's where the men are going to be separated from the boys. But thank you for taking my yeah. call. I-, I love this show, and uh, let's just see where it goes. All right, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I mean it- it's definitely going to be interesting, and and you know I do think Jalen Hurts has a little bit of um, you know I think he's got some um, theatrical stuff going on there the limping and well, oh my god is he going to come out and he hasn't come out of the tunnel yet is he going to play and then he comes out i mean I, they all do it their whole team I, I, the eagles lead the league in guys on the ground 
and everyone's yelling, get cart, cart, get over here, you know, and then like, is he okay? And, you know, talk to the family. And then, you know, and then he's down there for a few minutes and okay. And then he, then he sprints off and then he's back on the field. And, and I was like, okay, <laughs> okay. And they just play like the Rocky themed music and they get, he rise up and then he's all good. I mean, this is Eagle fans to a T. I think it was Fletcher Cox on the ground, down for a little little bit, barely moving. Their their fans, you know, everyone's got different ways typically of when guys are injured. They just decide Fletcher Cox down. That's a good time to just just go with the old Dallas sucks, you know, Dallas sucks. And while, while their guy's down, he pops up like he's Hulk Hogan and just gets up and and then runs off the field and all that. So. They got quite a show over there, but they're eight and one, so they can do that. Sebastian in, in um, Savannah, Georgia. Sebastian, you're next. Oh man, that was a gut puncher. <laughs> I mean, that was a, that was a gut punch. I'd like to go back. I want to go back. I want to go back and just every call, like like how everyone is starting the call. You know, one guy was just like, "Everybody relax," and then you're just like, Ugh. "It was a it was a gut punch." We had 27 seconds. They jumped off sides. We're on the six. And I'm screaming, run it. I don't care if you do a boot and just sneak Jake Ferguson out of the backfield while while you're faking the run. I don't care if you pitch it to Tony. Six yards is all we needed. Yeah. Uh, We got gifted the game. And I got to come at my guy, Big Mac, on this freaky mic as Jesse Holly calls him. The late game management is what keeps costing us these PlayStation, uh, these PlayStation games, these playoff games, and these close games. It's so weird. It's like it falls apart at the end. He has to learn how to reel his team in, especially when we're driving with the ball. Dak had a phenomenal game. That was one of the best games I've ever seen Dak play outside of the playoff game where we dueled uh, Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. That was one of Dak's best performances, and it was wasted. On you could tell that the team was kind of like shaky right there at the end. Take I don't care if you take all twenty seven sec all, all the time off the clock. Get the right get to the right play and just get it in the end zone. <laughs> and then right when we get to the most important like moments of the game, we go away from CD. Like and throughout the twenty to twenty, CD was killing the game. We were giving it to him and just dishing and diving. And then every time we got to like a big moment, it's like, oh, let's do something funny or cute and go to Jalen Tober. Well, what what oh, was the what was the second? What was the coverage? I mean, yeah, it was, no, I'm not. I'm not talking about the one where he was rolled a double covered that uh, that Olsen was talking about. There yeah. were several times where it was just a big play. Yeah, and then you could see CD kind of running, and he'd get open for a brief moment. Yeah, at least give him a chance, and then you would go to like a Michael Gallup, and he drops it, or like a Jalen Tobert, and he can't pull it in. Even if you were to go to, let's say, Ferguson on those plays, you know, with respect to Ferguson, he's been killing the game. Mm-hmm. I think one of the two of them are your star guys. You have to go to a star in that situation. Or if you're going to do that and you're not going to go to a star, go to the Grizzly vet like Brandon Cooks. We're going to these young, unproven guys like Schoonmaker and Tobert, and it costs you down. You yeah. know Michael Gallup is struggling, and I know you want to get him going, and I know he's a 50-50 ball catcher. And the penalty was beautiful. It was a beautiful penalty. But he's mm-hmm. not performing right now. So Mike so, has to, you got to, go ahead. Well, you know, I have a question about that, and since you, you've kind of brought that up. Why, why is Brandon Cooks getting a pass here? 
I mean, Brandon Cooks, you just called him the grizzled vet who got himself for one catch for seven yards. And he's this year, he's got himself, he's sitting at 165 yards receiving on 17 catches. I mean, Gallup's numbers are way better than that. Now, he does, Cooks has two touchdowns. But I just wonder, Gallup gets all the hate. Cool. Not really, but Cooks. Yeah. What? Why? Why are we not doing this about Cooks here? It's been eight games, and he was the training camp MVP. So it's not like he's. I mean, he he had it. He had the offense figured out. So why? What? what are, any problems with Cooks? Yeah, I'll say this: there there are problems with Cooks, but I don't necessarily know if it's Cooks or if it's scheme, because it doesn't seem like they go to him that often. It doesn't seem like yeah. he's being open. You scheme guys like Jalen Tobert open or guys like, you know, the, the Ferguson, he's getting schemed into the actual play calling. And Cook's just kind of out there running routes on air, and I don't really see it go to him that often. I don't know if it's a scheme thing. I don't know if it's a Cook's thing. Yeah. You know, but it, it, fine. Between him, and I'm not disrespecting Michael Gallup, but I love him, uh, 13. But he's not performing this year. Same I agree. I agree with that. I, well. I, I I totally agree with the with the Gallup stuff. He He's not... I don't know why he doesn't make that catch over the middle, why he's not really ready for it. He should be. It's third and three. You, you know, give him credit for running to the sticks. I mean, that, that didn't always happen yesterday. But, um, you know, part of it, too, and, uh, and, and Sebastian, th- thanks for the call. we got other callers coming in. I appreciate that. Good stuff, uh, as always. Does a great job with, the, with these calls. You know, since this 49ers game, CeeDee Lamb has, ha- his, has got 37 targets. In three games, and he's caught. I was trying to do my math here. Uh, Thirty. He's caught thirty passes. Um, at, you know, of, of the thirty-six. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, thirty. Uh, thirty-seven. He's got thirty passes, thirty-seven targets, thirty-seven targets in those three games. So, um, you know, where where's the ball going to be distributed for other other players? I mean. He's a number one receiver, and he's getting number one targets, and he's got, and he's definitely putting out number one production. You realize that we're still not at the halfway point of the season. There, are, you know, eight games, nine to go, and if he stays healthy, CD Lamb. If you just just want to double up, you know, I just proved that I'm not good in math, but I can probably double things up here. I mean, if he if he doubles his production, he's going to be sitting at 104 catches for 1,648 yards. I think that would be a Cowboys record. Michael Irvin has the record at 1,500 and and only six touchdowns. He's only got three. I, I bet I bet he picks that up a little bit. But I mean, that's that's it, that's hard to top. I think the Cowboys are going to wish that they had already got got that deal done with him because now he's just going to be. You know, now he's, he's stacking another year in there. Uh, it's going to be even harder to sign. So, um, but anyways, I, I there's a lot of stuff there. A, a lot, a lot of stuff. The Cowboys had had chances there around the goal line. Um, it's tougher, you know. It's it's tougher to get the ball to your star player. Um, but you know, I, I I thought there at the end when it the ball was on the six yard line. You know, I'm I'm like four cracks at it to the end zone. You can get a couple of these throws to CD. You know, it felt like they they, they were going to do it, but we saw in the two point conversion, we saw at the two yard line, they 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 you know they were just inches away and didn't get in. All right, uh, let's go to one more call before we go to break. Travis in San Antonio. Travis, what's up? Hey Nick, how's it going? Good. How are you, man? Pretty good. I'm taking the uh, the positive approach today because okay. uh, 
I know I watched uh, the post game coverage at 105.3, and there were a lot. There's there's the there's always extremes, right? There's the Dak is a top three quarterback like all the time. Then there's the he's a bottom three quarterback, and I've always said he's like seven to twelve for me. Um, and I'm a Romo guy, but this is not the day to to blame Dak, which some people no. have been doing, which I think is nuts. No. Um, th- this is like the if you remember, this is like the um, the Dallas Denver game to me with Peyton and, uh, Romo. and Romo, where Romo pretty much outplayed. If you watch the game, outplayed him all the way to the end, and he threw that one pick, threw it to Gavin, um, and everyone was like, "Oh my God, Romo lost the game!" Like we would not have been in that game without him. So it's kind of the same for me this game. Jack played exceptional. Um, proud of everyone how they played. The ball just didn't bounce our way. Like, if you just told me they'd have three fumbles and we didn't get a single one, I don't know what the odds are on that, but that's not good um, to have three fumbles that don't go our way. I called you before about the calls. It's, a, it's I mean, they were bad both ways again, but it's just the, like we talked about before, just call it the same way, man. <laughs> I don't know why it's, like, so hard to just call it the same way all the way through the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yep. So I, that I, frustrating. I agree. I, I didn't the, the the worst one for me was the pass interference call on Gilmore. I mean I, that ball I mean if 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 uncatchable is a thing. Yep. And Chris Beam and I actually talked about this uh, uh just the other day about that. I mean they, it, they don't call it anymore for some reason when it's uncatchable. I don't know why. Yeah, I mean I mean AJ Brown's not I mean but he's not you know I mean you're from San Antonio. He's not you know Wimby. I mean, he's not going to yeah. go get it. He's not right. that tall, and and I mean, that ball was, I mean, that ball was up there. I mean, it was about to go into the stands. So I, I just, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I didn't agree with that call. And you know, those sideline officials making calls in in front of the that team sideline. I mean, there was another play on Gallup where they actually threw the flag, and yeah. it looked like it was going to be a penalty, and they just decided to pick it up. No, well, no explanation. That's the one I was going to say. That's the one that got me because when you watch the replay, if you actually the replay that I watched, he when he actually you're having the one where he smacks him in the face mask. Yeah, he smacks him in the face mask, and if you actually watch uh, Bradbury, he puts his hands up, you know, like I'm not guilty. Yeah, right. Like, real quick, and then he puts them down. Like he know, he, right? Like you know, he that's what you you don't make that. That's the the international sign for I know I just messed up, but don't call me. Well, and just I guess because of the play went the other way, it was completely out of out of the you yeah. Know, the, and so they just decided to to pick that up. So um, last last couple last thing real quick, um, I know everyone's criticizing uh, Mike for not calling that that first play where they scored their touchdown uh, where Jalen's uh, knee was down. Supposedly, I guess Patrick Walker said they didn't run the replay in the in the stadium, so they didn't have a replay of it. Um, so I wanted to throw that out there for everybody, but. <clears throat> but that's yeah, not. But, but that's not the thing, though. It's not about the replay. It's McCarthy's not. It's not his job to do that. It, it's the, the. No, I know. It's the people that's upstairs. A, yeah. They, yeah. Now the the one angle where it was like it was like from the field level, like like the cameras like sitting on the ground. That play right there. They didn't. They didn't run that until the Eagles, you yeah. know, snapped the ball. But um. But, but we got the next four or five at home. Or yeah. Next four or five at home. We have Carolina, so I think we can go on a run, like Micah said. And then the last little funny thing I wanted to throw at you to see what you thought, because I don't know if you caught it yesterday, but Agun Bawale, the backup running back for uh, for Houston, uh, when their kicker went out, he was doing the kicking duties. Mm-hmm. And I, I called a buddy and just said, like, yo, we cross-train tackles and guards. I don't understand how hard – like, why is it so hard to cross-train a punter to do kicking? 
and vice versa. And I'll let you go. But I just want right. to throw that out. I'm sure. Thanks for the call. I mean, I'm I'm sure of the 53 players on this roster. I mean, that that are playing. I mean, I'm sure somebody can do it. You know, I'm sure. You know, these guys are great athletes. I mean, I don't know about cross training them, but I I guarantee they have a plan on this. I mean, there, there's there's somebody that can kick and punt if they need to. Um, you know, or or somebody that can hold for Brian Anger to kick if if something were to happen there. Uh, let's go to break, though. Let's, let's go to break. We got, we got callers on the line. We got to get the break here. We're going to go to break. It was good stuff. Thanks for the call, Travis. Uh, we'll be right back here on Cowboy Storyline. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot, Rowdy, cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive, Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear Doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a shoulder to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks, girl. Better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Back, back to Cowboys Storylines. All right, back here on Cowboys Storyline. Just got back from Pennsylvania from Philadelphia game, and we'll go to the phone lines in Pennsylvania. We got Brian in Pennsylvania. What's up? Hey, Nick. How you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? Uh, not not as bad as I thought I'd be. Because <laughs> yep. I thought we were going to get destroyed. Yeah. Just because when we play good competition, you know, we keep up with them for about two quarters and then we fall off. The one problem I do have, though, with the offense is not only, I mean, we already talked about the wide receivers underperforming, but it almost seems like the tight end group is holding this thing hostage. As far as, like, we'll bring extra bodies in for runs and it gets leaky. Pollard hasn't been able to cut loose. There's, uh, I hate to say it, but I'm, I'm missing Dalton Schultz right now. As a, as a blocker, I'd yeah. like him there, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I, he would have been a better pass catcher there. Yeah, my biggest question, though, is knowing that we're having problems with these short line runs or short yard runs and everything, 
and having trouble getting bodies on bodies and hats on hats and pushing the line, why haven't we seen any more of like Hunter Lipke in that situation? Or if uh, instead of taking an extra tight end off the field that isn't blocking very well, mm-hmm. let him slip out into the flat or do all those wonderful things that McCarthy did with a fullback back in the day, you know? Yeah. It's almost like they, they have all this talent that is unproven that showed to do really well. And they're like, well, we're not going to risk it with these guys. We're going to go with this talent that is proven to do well half the time, but we're more comfortable in – I guess the scheme that we're trying to put out. And I was wondering uh, your ideas about that. Like, are we having just trouble adjusting? Cause it almost seems like they make a game plan before the game and they just, they, they just won't adjust. They're like, well, we're just going to keep doing this and eventually it's going to work. Yeah. So I'll just, uh, I'll let you go. And I want to know your thoughts on that because we yeah. have so much talent and we're just kind of not utilizing it right now. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard to to argue that. You said, you know, you just hope that it will eventually will work. And, I mean, did it? I mean, th- did that happen? I mean, the third quarter, they, they got outscored 14 to nothing. You know, you I just keep looking at the box score here, the fourth quarter. I mean, they, they basically were, I mean, having to pay rent down there uh, in the Eagles territory. I mean, four times in the fourth quarter, and you get six points. Um you know, in hindsight, which has never needed glasses, I mean, hindsight, you know, you kick field goal, you know, kick field goal when it was 28-17, you know, and um, heck, you could have kicked it fourth and eight on the pass to Jalen Tolbert with two something to go, you know, I mean, you you the way it worked out, yeah, I mean, you, you would have liked to have gone down there and, and had chances to kick field goals, but at the same time, what about that defense that the Cowboys gave you in the third quarter led you to believe that you could make stops? So I don't fault them for, for the, the, those decisions. It's just the way it kind of worked out. But, you know, I, I, I'm not a fan really of the, of the 13 personnel, the one receiver, and, or the I'm sorry, the one back and the three tight ends. Uh, I not, not with this group. You know, what I always said was, and they sort of did it, is bring bring the big boys in there, you know, as tackle eligible, but you got to report. You got to check in and Chuma Doga did not do that. He did not check in um with the official. Dak turned and tried to do it for him, but uh I mean, I was in the press box. I I, I said it to Derek. I said I don't think he checked in cuz they, they make the announcement and he didn't make that announcement. 71 is reported eligible. He did not do that. Dak this is thing's pretty amazing when you think about all the stuff. I mean, just think about what the play calls are, everything he's doing, everything he's reading in front of him. He turns to the official twice and said and did this motion of seventy one checked in. You know, he's trying to check in for him. I mean, this is not, you know, this is it's like the airport. I mean, you have to check in yourself. You can't just have someone else do it for you unless you're a kid, and he's definitely not. All right, let's go to uh, let's go to Reggie in Hamburg, Germany. Reggie, what's up? Hey, hey, Nick, coming back at you, man. Two, Listen, two I, in I, a row. I, I work, got, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, you know, I'm loving it. I'm <laughs> living a <the> life. <laughs> nice. Listen, I just got to say, this was um, a fantastic ball game all in all. There are a lot of things I can complain about. Uh, I'll come, come and hit you with a couple of points. You know, at the end of the game, where we, 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 we've got them on the ropes, you know, Sirianni's got no timeouts. We've got the the, the 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 two starting cornerbacks are injured off the field. 
you know, and and we are playing like, you know, we got all the time in the world. You know, there's no urgency. You know, we allow them to get their starting cornerbacks back in the ball game because we're just lackadaisically coming to the line of scrimmage. That should have been done better. You know, that the announcement you just talked about should have been done. You know, um, Tyler Smith, um, you know, um, motion call um, that I'm really surprised at him. I was really impressed with Tub with Tyron. Tyron was so I was so happy to see him play ball. He kept that that blind side from that yep. free all day long. He was fantastic. Steel, I don't know. He 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 didn't even get out of his stance. They blew by him before he got out of his stance. Hmm. And and that that's surprising, you know. I, I, I don't know what to do with that. How do you only give Brandon Cooks two targets? We talked about this the other day. Um, that's that was my point. You know, we got to get hooks activated. It's ridiculous. You can't give him two targets for the ball game. Yeah, what, and that's that's where, that's where we lost the game. I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I can I can kind of thanks for the call. I I, I appreciate that. Um, and you know, there's a game being played over there in Germany this uh, this weekend, and. Um, uh, Reggie didn't didn't seem to care. I mean, he was in Hamburg, Germany. He's caring about Cowboys and Eagles. Appreciate the the call there. Um, you know, the the weird part about okay, tar- two targets for Cooks, one catch, seven yards. Let's say he had seven targets. You know, seven targets, and he caught you know four or five passes out of that. You'd be fine with that. And then if if CD Lamb only had nine targets, you know, I mean, like. Maybe that kind of balance is what you're looking for, but at least CD Lamb's getting 16 targets and 11 catches. I mean, at least that's happening. If that wasn't happening and and these targets were going to other people, then I'd be like, maybe I would wonder that as as well. But you're a veteran corner, I mean, wide receiver. You've been in this league. You've been in a lot of different systems. You know, some of it's on you. I mean, uh, Cooks is. I, I just. I like Brandon Cooks. I mean, I, I I like him a lot. I just feel like I don't understand why he's getting the pass here. I mean, um, he he needs to get open. One catch for seven yards. I mean, there's opportunities to 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 make some plays. And you're right. They they could scheme some scheme some things open for him, and I think he'd be fine. Maybe they they need to do that, create a little bit more balance. But like I said, at least at least my my number one receiver is getting 16 targets, and he's catching 11 of them for almost 200 yards. Uh, another career high. I think I haven't looked this up, but I think three players had career highs in receiving yards yesterday. I mean, I know Lamb did at 191. 91 for Ferguson, that seems like a career high, and 49 for Tolbert. I, I would, I don't remember him doing more than that. So, um, pretty, pretty big day and first career touchdown for for Pollard. And since we're talking records, let's just say it. I mean, Brandon Aubrey, amazing. I mean, amazing to start your career with an NFL record, 19 consecutive field goals. That is unreal. Um, I'll be honest, he missed the first extra point of the season. I didn't think he would make it past week two or three. Um, but he hasn't missed anything since. Every extra point he tried yesterday, but you know, he still got the doink off the off the crossbar. But uh he's made everything. Uh every field goal, every kick. Um did kick the ball out of bounds. That was tough. Um that that, that led to a touchdown. 
started at the 40 yard line, but still Brandon Aubrey, congratulations, NFL record, pretty, pretty amazing. And it's not like he's just getting a lot of chip shots either. He'd started off with 28, 30 yarders. He's been nailing these 50 yarders as well. So uh, good job uh, for Brandon Aubrey. All right, Pete in Con- Connecticut. Pete, what's up? Hey, how are you, Nick? Good, man. How are you doing? Good. Um, I just want to say I really think Dak played a heck of a game in the situation he Agreed. was in. I think. Hello? Agreed. Yes. Yeah. And um, I think a lot of our fans are forgetting uh, how exactly how hostile Philadelphia is to uh, go and play in. And um, I think that our defense played pretty well, but we got to get to the quarterback a little more. Um, mm. I feel like our team just has a hard time beating these upper echelon teams. You know, we always seem to beat up on the weaker teams, but when it comes to San Francisco, Philadelphia, and even Green Bay back in the day, we just, it just always seems like we lose in the weirdest ways. And um, I think Dak's going to come back stronger than ever. And I think we're going to beat the Eagles on our home turf. Thank you so much for taking right. my call, Nick. Thank you. I mean, yeah, you can you can say that uh, they don't seem to you know win these games, and you could also just make the case that maybe they're not as good. I mean, maybe that's just the level that they're at right now, is that they're a little bit behind. Um, I thought I think the Eagles, I think they're a little bit of a better team. I say all that, but then I also believe that they're going to come back here and in in uh, at AT and T Stadium. I think the Cowboys will win that game, and and like I said, if you go and you play them. You know, in the playoffs, let's go. I mean, Cowboys aren't going to be afraid of them. So, you know, or playing up in Philly, I think. I think that that's one thing that that was that was kind of proved there. So, I think I think it was um, you know it was a tough loss because you had a chance to win, and when you get down on the six yard line, you should win. You should be able to score, and you should be able to win. But um, I know this. I like I said before. I think the Cowboys are. I, I feel better about them. I think they're a better team than than they um, than I thought they were twenty four hours ago. I mean, I, I I really do. I think that they're a better football team than I thought. So um, that's good. And then when you look at the schedule coming up, they're five and three right now. They have a chance to stack some wins together here. But it starts this week against the Giants for sure. All right, last caller, Ronnie in in Jersey. Ronnie, what's up? Hey, good morning, Nick. Good morning. How are you? Not too bad. Thanks. Uh, Nick, I actually agreed. Uh, this was a good game. I, I, I know it sucks. We lost, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. But the, the way we played, I, I had us losing this game. I, you know, I yeah. called you on Friday, and I was like, uh, I'm nervous. And you, you, you said, no, you're anxious. And I'm like, yeah. you know what? Yeah, I, I'm anxious uh, uh, about this game. And the way I saw the, the these guys go into a hostile stadium and – to me, I thought it was going to be 49ers. We go all over again. Mm-hmm. And and I was pleasantly surprised. We played well. Uh, the only thing I wanted to say was uh, what's going on with, uh, with with Steele. This is not the first game. Like, Steele's been playing uh, bad all season. I know he's coming back from an injury, but isn't there a point in time where in the season where this guy just keeps on giving up sacks and people are just blowing by him and you got to like at least, hey, rest him if you have to rest him and put somebody else in there. No, I don't, uh, I don't believe that. No, no, I don't think no. I don't I don't think we're at that level either. I think you have to play through this injury. Uh, and, and that's what I, you have to play through the rehab part of the injury. He's healthy enough to play. He's got to be able to get, you know, get his quickness back. Um, and, and that you know, with the timing and everything, that, that just takes some time to do that. Um, I think he'll, he'll be fine. 
I, I, I really believe that. Well, uh, uh, I just wanted to say that this was a good game. Uh, I think yeah. we're going to – I agree with you. Moving forward, they're going to look a lot better. We got to beat these games. We got to beat these teams that are coming up and see what happens from here to the end of the season. But uh, I'm not I'm not jumping off the bridge. No. Uh, thanks for taking my call, no. Nick. I know you're against the time. So, yeah, thanks, uh, Ronnie. I'll talk to you some other time. Thanks. Appreciate that. Thanks, Ronnie, for calling. Good good, uh, good group of callers today. 11 calls. You guys have uh, – you know, had some concerns and disappointment with the loss, but for the most part, you know, I think they see the big picture. And the big picture is is that, you know, the Eagles are one of the best teams in the league, if not the best. They have the best record, and, and the Cowboys are right there. And, and when you get down to it in the playoffs, that's what you want to be, is you want to be a chance to go win. And if that is the toughest team you have to face in that environment – I think I think the Cowboys will have confidence going into that. Probably more confidence than the 49ers. Um, and again, they'll get to play the the Eagles again. So uh, we'll, we'll see we'll see what happens. But first things first, they got to take on the Giants this week. Looks like the Giants just lost their quarterback out for the season, uh, and Daniel Jones. But they've been playing with some other guys as well. So in the divisional matchup, but the Cowboys got to figure out a way to bounce back and do that. All right. Great, great show. Appreciate you guys. Uh, coming up uh, next, we've got uh, The Break. The Break, uh, you guys know the show. Um, they'll be on here. They'll be talking uh, in the next uh, 10 minutes or so. So stay stay with us. They will be getting in here, getting hooked up, and getting ready to go. And then after that, we all day long, the same stuff, same lineup, mix shots, hang with the boys, players lounge, girls talk, boys talk. Uh, we'll do that all day long. All right. For Chris Beam, I'm Nick Eatman. We will see you tomorrow on Cowboy Storyline. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!